All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 119 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, uh, what's been happening, my man? Uh, not too much. I mean, a little bit of a busy weekend. Uh, had some some kid games that uh, didn't make it to because had a Bees alumni. Uh, oh, we all saw the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Oh, actually, Friday night had uh, a friend, uh, Ray Therian, come over with his father-in-law, Joe, to um, post up and watch the Bees game out in the uh, the garage. So we had a little garage showing out there, which was nice. <laughs> um i stopped yeah, I, asking about that place yeah well i i gave uh my buddy's uh father-in-law a, a stick that was in my shed you know like one of the ones that i had one from, of the yeah yeah the gatorade stars yeah gatorade stars and i told him i'm like listen like it has a terrible lie terrible curve you might not be able to shoot with it but it's a free stick you know he was yeah. pumped yeah, my buddy was saying like he's. I think he's gonna sleep with that thing tonight. <laughs> so I gotta check in with him because his first skate was uh, this past Monday. So I gotta check in on him, see how his uh, his first twirl with the uh, the Gatorade stirrer went. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's great. That's great. Good stuff. Yeah, I uh, and then the kids have sports and stuff. Yeah, they had uh, games away. You know, baseball, lacrosse, and then the bad uh, bees alumni game at Warrior um yeah it was great we played you know a couple uh, of the boston pride players played on the bruins alumni team um elizabeth jaguer she was uh four she played at clarkson then uh her last year she played in minnesota duluth won the patty casmire so wow she was she was really good you know just moving the puck and you know she scored like four goals and stuff so it was it was good to have her on our side in the goalie uh <laughs> corinne schroeder she played at um BU and then transferred to Quinnipiac and had some outstanding stats and she could move well. So both of those uh, players playing for the pride and going to be uh, keeping tabs on them because great, great players and then great people. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And then we went over to the stockyard afterwards, Courtney home and, game. Uh, yeah. Courtney and uh, Brooke uh, took in the game and with a friend. So had a nice little meal. And then uh, Sunday went over to a new uh, brewery that, Frank Simonetti, the president of the Bruins alumni, is part owner of. We uh, we watched the bees. A bunch of us got together there. It's in Marina Bay. It's called Break Rock uh, Brewery. Pretty cool spot. Yeah, it's great over there. Yeah, they allow dogs in there, so I was just like going around squishing heads and stuff. It was great. You didn't bring Bailey with you? No, I, if I knew, I would have. You know, she's, she's <laughs> little a lap dog. Fan. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, she's a huge bees fan. <laughs> you would have had her in a jersey. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, Todd Angeli uh, and his wife have some children's books. You know, Todd Angeli sings the national anthem. Yep, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they partner up with the Bruins um, alumni and the foundation to kind of get out and um, do some great charity work. And the the books are about pugs and, like, Bruins alumni being involved and stuff. So Owen and Liam, there's two pugs that are at the rank all the time and, just uh, love seeing a little pug, and I'm going to bring Bailey next year to uh, one of the games so they can hang. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. That's great. You're setting up doggy play dates already. Oh, and I did get my you, first you gotta mo. Get, you got to try to get Bailey in one of the books. I know I should. should ask Make her, her famous. But, I hey, I got a, my first mo on Sunday before the game. Really? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, wow. before the um, party. First lawnmower. Yeah. So um, the big tractor's not working. Got the Cub Cadet going. I think the, the gas wasn't great. It wasn't like really running too smoothly early. But, um, you know, it's battled. Yeah, battled. Yeah. And uh, at first I was like, you know, it doesn't really need it. But then after it was done, I was like, huh, not not too bad, you know, early yeah, in the season. Yeah. So I went out and chipped around, you know. It was like a first cut type thing, you know. No, that's good. Get you right uh, setting the tone for the season that you're going to be on it early and often. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, same thing here. Kind of busy. You obviously um, had a – we talked about at the end of last show. So had a couple uh, wakes and funerals that I had to attend. So that was uh, – those things are obviously never easy. But uh, – and then Saturday we took a, a nice ride out to Pomfret, uh, which is a nice prep school just over the border in Connecticut and had a baseball game. And uh, Brian was playing JV actually, and I was calling him Ricky Vaughn uh warm-ups it was like you know first one over the backstop second one's like you know high and wide it was it, it was joanna and i were getting some pretty good chuckles but then he settled in and um you know struck out the side in the first inning after a couple walks and and you know maybe a a, a balk here and there but it was uh it was it was interesting it was it was good and it was fun to get out there and then i violated one of my own big rules i they Guy I coached with texted me and, and asked if Liam, my youngest, could play in a you know a little tournament around here, the um, you know, whatever the the raindrop cup or something. Um another another spring tournament that uh you know how fond of those I am, but I was at a vulnerable moment, I guess, and and I gave the okay and the kids were on school vacation and all that stuff. So Liam played in a little bit of tournament. I wasn't gonna make many of those games. I did partake in the the afternoon activities on Saturday. Um oh, was able to, you know, meet the, meet the parents in the parking lot, um, which I, you know, I unfortunately did miss the game, but I, I caught up with them. So that was all, always fun catching up with the crew and a good crew of parents and things like that. And then Sunday uh, I was able to make a couple of the games and we lost to, uh, to another local team in the, uh, in the semifinals, kind of the one 30 minute game, uh, you know, Sunday triple header, if it all works out, but yeah. it was, uh, it was, it was I guess fun to be back in the rink, right? But uh, you know, I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, thank God the weather wasn't that nice. If the weather was nice, I would have been really upset with myself for saying yes. But I, uh, you know, it was good to be back in the rink and talking with the kids and parents and seeing different people and things like that. You know? Yeah, and then, you know, getting in the rink on the Monday nights with the specific skills that we're doing, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, the kids are you know engaged, and I think you know it's. You know, the years past that we've done it, you've seen some improvement, you know, from week to week. So <clears throat> I saw some improvement in some of the kids, you know, just from the yeah. skating drills and the you know, attention to detail. And you're doing a great job at uh, demonstrating. So, you know, you, well, yeah, you buzzed. I buzzed the wheels. Yeah. I had to. I had to. I, I, I ended up coming into the rank hot. Um <clears throat> Monday night because I was leaving and I remembered my skates from the week before and I'm like, I got to take care of those things. So I hit the, uh, hit the Sparks machine. Luckily that thing's done pretty quickly and, and was able to still make it in time, but I was confident out there doing some backwards, uh, you know, backwards skating and, and, and edge work and things like that because I had the Sparks machine all, uh, buzzed up with the, the, the skates were taken care of, you know? Yeah. I buzzed mine before the alumni game. And I was telling you, like, that ice is pretty soft. So 
I just didn't knocked it down to uh, two swipes. And I just wasn't 100% sure, so I just put it back on for one. So three total. Um, and they felt great. They felt great uh, during the game. And also uh, on Monday night, doing doing some uh, back and forth between the blue line, cheering you on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, there's a uh, a mailbag episode, Mott. So I think we get right into it here. We didn't... Uh... We don't have a, a you know a ton to really catch up on. Obviously, the the NHL playoffs are going on, and that's been exciting. We're recording this episode a little early in the week because it's a mailbag, and we all want to watch the you know game. What would it be? Game five of the bees uh, on Wednesday night. So, trying to knock this mailbag out this week, but it's been exciting times watching uh, all the NHL hockey. That's for sure. No, it's great. You know, you got alternating days. You know, four games each night, and. Um you know, trying to stay awake for some of those late games. It's uh, pretty difficult when you get a early rise. But, um, yeah, great hockey, some really competitive series out there. And it just shows the, you know, kind of how close and competitive the league is. You know, there's a, lo- a lot of road games being won, which you don't normally see uh, in the playoffs. But, um, you know, the parity in the league and also the the skill level on, on display has been uh, – Terrific. So I, I always just like to record them all and try to bounce around and, you know, post up on the couch. So it's uh, it's been, you know, been great. This is like the best time to be a hockey fan. Yeah, I got to self-admit to definitely falling asleep on the couch a few nights, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> trying to uh, trying to stay up for those games and watching them and, and things like that. But it's all good. It's a great time of year and exciting times uh, everywhere, no matter what team you're a fan of. It's uh, the hockey has been fantastic. Um, but this mailbag is brought to you by Franklin Sports, the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out our line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Yeah, it's that time of year, getting outside, working on your game in the uh, the driveway. And, you know, you can really make some strides away from the rank, you know, give your body a little rest, but also still um, hone your skills in the driveway and check them out. All those training uh, tools at franklinsports.com. And guys, before we go any further, I do want to let all of our awesome listeners know about a giveaway alert we have with our friends over at Franklin Sports. It's street hockey season. We've teamed up with our sponsor, Franklin Street Hockey, to gift one lucky player a 72-inch quick-set steel hockey net and six high-density street hockey balls. This exclusive quick-set steel hockey net has a lockdown system that eliminates time and frustration of conventional rope tie assemblies. As a bonus... Each goal comes with comes complete with a shooting board to refine your skills on any surface, setting you up for success all summer long. The high-density street hockey balls are designed to play at peak performance on all outdoor surfaces in warm weather. These official size 2 and 5 8 inch street hockey balls are designed with our anti-gravity system to ensure minimal bouncing to keep the ball on the ground to mimic the feel and gameplay of traditional ice hockey. So head on over to our social media channels to enter starting Monday, May 1st. That's this Monday, May 1st, running through Wednesday, May 3rd. And you could win this awesome Franklin Street Hockey set, a a net and balls. The winner will be announced on Friday, next Friday, May 5th. So, like I said, head on over to our socials, enter the contest, and you can win this awesome prize from our partners over at FranklinSports.com. And as always... 
Head on over to franklinsports.com for all your street hockey needs. Dude, actually, I had my Franklin Sports batting gloves on. At the, it was kind of cold at the game Saturday, so I have a pair of gloves. They're like more like winter gloves, and I, I wouldn't call them batting gloves. Maybe like I'll call them winter batting gloves. But uh, I was I had them I had them on at the game on Saturday, and uh, so you know the guys at Franklin were taking care of me, even though I'm just sitting there as a fan. They're all black. They look sharp. Nice. Yeah, it was good. It was good, especially this time of year in New New England. Um, All right. Well, this one was a little bit of a long one, but we're going to go with the synopsis of this one. So last year, Coach A was running the program. Uh, He put emphasis on fun. Parents recognized and were happy with the kids' success and good feedback to the program. Coach B entered the picture and were placed together on the same team to coach um, as team as, as assistants on the team. Coach B had a lot of drama with this team last season with multiple families saying they would leave the organization if Coach B were to return. Has um, There's been lots of yelling and bad treatment of players. Focus on the year was on fundamentals, breakouts, and positioning. Most practices were taken up by practicing slow breakouts and positioning, which has not transferred to the team's game on the ice. Parents and other coaches provided feedback to change practice methods, but was told this isn't the B division anymore. It's uh, they need to learn to break out questions. So my question to you guys is seeing that the season is over, what is the appropriate way to influence the organization's leadership to reinstate coach a as the head coach next season? I worry that any direct communication slash action with the organization will be seen negatively. I could be labeled unreasonable too. I ask you because your mantra seems to be get the best coach you can as close to home as you can. This rink is less than 10 minutes from my house and leaving would mean traveling 25 to 30 minutes to the next closest rink with no guarantee of quality coaching. And that's from coach F whole lot of coaches F's and A's and B's, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know how old these kids are. No, but... he, he doesn't say it even in the longer. Um, yeah. you know, that, that was the, the, the cliff notes. Um, I'm gonna let, let let's assume they're pretty young kids, right? Yeah, yeah. If they're just getting introduced to breakouts, um, <clears throat> it's kind of tough, really, because you know, starting to introduce breakouts and some team play and positioning is important. You know, part of you know progressing the kids and understanding the game. Um, yeah, that that there's a balance between that, but it just seems that like Coach B with the drama and you know, then, you know, the yelling and bad treatment of players, it's kind of like... And he seems like a, a you know, kind of a, a, a B word, to be honest, when he's not really taking any, um, you know, any it, communication or, or advice from the parents, right? Like, they're, they're not, like, they're yeah, showing but, their frustration and he's basically... Yeah, the, the other thing, though, you know, as a coach, sometimes you know, you don't want, if you think this is the right thing and like, you know, we mentioned is, you know, start introducing some stuff, but if it is taking up the whole practice, that's not no correct either. But, um, you know, you, you got the, uh, kind of like armchair quarterback type, you know, saying what you should and shouldn't do, you know, if you want to coach, then, you know, sign up and coach. So it depends. Cause that's a fine line between giving some feedback and, you know, about, you know, systematic play and, and practice time. Um, but just from just reading kind of between the lines, it doesn't seem like a healthy 
situation with, you know, Coach B coming in and kind of disrupting the Applecott, per se, you know. Um, I would say you, I don't think it would be unreasonable to voice your opinion to the organization um, as long as, you know, you do it respectfully. Right. That's, I mean, I, that's I think that's one of the things that would be, you know, a reasonable thing to do. You know, if there's more than just you and, you know, the the voices are heard from the organization, then they'll have to make a decision. But if Coach A has, you know, a good demeanor about him running, you know, you know, on fun, parents recognize that the kids were happy and doing a decent job with, you know, introducing and encouraging the right way to play, then, um, you know, it should be a no-brainer for the organization to make that decision. Yeah, I think as, uh, you know, whether you're assistant coach or head coach, you're kind of, a, you know, a per se, like, employee of the organization, right? So you, you have that right to go and talk to the organization and not do it um, in a real degrading manner, but just say, hey, like, you know, Coach A is the better op- option for these guys. And yeah. he kind of ruffled some feathers. And we don't, um, you know, myself, along with the other parents, don't necessarily agree with his coaching style. Uh, and his philosophy in terms of practices and really slow. And, you know, it's one thing. If you're if you're trying to work on breakouts and things like that and it's occupying your entire practice, like you're not getting anything out of that. Um, no. You know, so a good coach has to kind of – It's a good, good warm-up, you know, to yeah. touch the box and maybe turn it into a three-on-one just so the, you know, the kids can come back and try and make a play. But, you know, just everyone touch the box, see what this – I did go through some of this with – um brooks team the you know they were 12 years old and but t- really talking to the d you know about using each other as partners putting them in good positions you know so you work a d to d you work a reverse and then having that center coming really low like touching the crease so you're gaining speed instead of looking back and slowing up um you know just those concepts are important and they did apply to the games, but we didn't spend all practice on it. It was like, like I said, like a nice warm up. But that's also something you can do in like small groups of kids where you have the other 10 kids on the ice, not standing around yeah. and, you know, get them doing something. Well, I'm not sure what the practice setup is here, whether it's full ice or half ice or what, but you know, even if you just use like, you know, the low in the offensive zone and you do want to work on some breakouts and you're taking five kids at a time, like occupy the neutral zone and get those kids doing some different skill work or just, you know, passing work and things like that. Cause that's what a, a good breakout is just that, right. Getting pucks to, to complete good passes, to make plays and, and have good clean um, zone exits is, is, is super important. But if they don't have the fundamentals of the actual passing and skating down, then yeah. you're really behind the eight ball. You're just wasting time. You're wasting time. You're wasting yeah. time. So I would voice my opinion with the organization. I'd talk to them. Uh, let them know and your, your your frustrations and go from there. All right, I get the next one here. Um, U16 heading into the 2023 season is a top pairing defenseman playing tier one and got offered a scholarship to play at a local high school in DC in the WCAC conference. And the education is very strong as well as the hockey program. His tier one team was taken under new management by an investing partner. And that partner will not allow players to play both high school and tier one, despite the high school and tier one program using the same rank. Uh, Parent is afraid if he quits the high school program, he'll miss out on a great high school 
education and experience, but also afraid if he doesn't play tier one, he will lose momentum in advancing in hockey. So the question is, should he play tier one or high school? And that's from Jeremy. I mean, my initial thoughts on this are just play with the high school team. Like it sounds like it's a great education. It's a strong hockey program. Um, you have a good, op- a really good option there. You're going to get the, you know, the best of both worlds. You're going to have a great high school experience. I, I would go with the high school program over the tier one program. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, even if it is just a slight step down and, you know, you're you're a part of the community, you're getting a good education, socially you're interacting with your peers and then playing, you know, a, a good quality, you know, good quality league. Um, I think that's that that would be the route that I would lean towards, you know, because you can always go back and play, you know, the, the tier one or whatever it is the following year if it is a complete disaster but i i just don't think missing out on that opportunity to get you know into a a good school and and have a well-rounded experience versus just kind of worrying about the hockey right yeah i think that's uh that simplifies it Mm -hmm. uh all right tsr hockey and tax-free salem new hampshire is uh where you can stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the hockey season TSR, uh, I shouldn't say the remainder of the hockey season, but the hockey season, right? It's it's, it's constantly going, as we talked about. Uh, we get camps and clinics and little tournaments and things like that. So uh, TSR stocks team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidering and printing. You can reach their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Micah, Dave, and they'll take care of you. Now is the time to give them a buzz and make sure that your team looks dynamite next season. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Rink Shrinks. Visit TSRHockey.com for all your shopping needs. Make sure when you're in the store or online or you're talking to any of those guys, Mike, Dave, you name it, Brendan, the guys up at the store, uh, you tell them the Rink Shrinks sent you. They like hearing about uh, you know their pals, Mott's and B.Y. Yeah, they've been a great partner of ours. And if you are local and you have a chance to go into the store, they have, you know, a great selection. You know, you can try out some sticks. Uh, Brendan does a great job up there welcoming uh, hockey players and parents. Um, But if you're online, make sure you go on TSRHockey.com. Upgrade that gear. You know, the swag game. You got to win the swag game, too. No, yeah, you got to dominate on and off the ice. And now is the time for the uh, it's rollerblade season too. Get out. There's nothing better. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the roller hockey and and playing and getting outside with your buddies. And I know you are Mots as well. But they have everything: CCM, Bauer, you name it. Um, they have the you know the best rollerblades around, and they're like skates, right? It's that time of year where that you know that you dust out the blades out of the garage or the shed or wherever you keep them, and uh, like oh. Now these things don't fit, or your wheels are kind of <laughs> jacked up from the previous uh, right. summer. So upgrade those uh, those rollerblades as well. I could see you being a big stopper guy, you know, like <laughs> the, the heel stop. Oh, dude, remember when the blades came out and they were like, oh, you can kind of like stop like a hockey stop? Yeah. That was a disaster. Yeah, well, because I remember, I mean, I used to rollerblade all the time. You know, I, Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. And then were you a front stop? Did you have the stopper on the front or the back? <laughs> no, I I immediately took the stop off. I hope so. And then um Yeah, but you had like the I crank like, ones like 
that you gotta that you gotta instead of tying them like hockey skates or <laughs> the, the snaps yeah the snaps like, yeah like the ski boots exactly no um i ended up getting some so rich igo was my brother's coach at archie's and he was a bower rep so i ended up getting mm-hmm. like this hockey skate like relatively early and then i put this wheel on the back that you know was supposed to make you turn quicker and stuff but i was a dragger and then i would have to rotate my wheels oh yeah you know? yeah and then uh i remember in college we played in a uh a league and this i didn't realize that you needed different wheels for the sport court i could barely i was like bambi out there oh it's a, yeah it's so totally different game oh so frustrated i couldn't catch anyone you know i couldn't do anything so yeah. then I, you know, I took my frustrations out on some kid, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it is rollerblading season to the point, you know, and, uh, make sure you get out and get your training equipment, um, from Franklin sports and then get your, uh, your, your, your rollerblades, you know, get, get them out, dust them off. And then if they're not fitting, like you said, check out TSRhockey.com. Yeah, order them up. Uh, all right, I got the next one here. Hello, gentlemen. Couple of questions for you. My son, 2011 birth year, has made the choice to leave town hockey and go play club next season. He lives, breathes, and loves the sport. This is our first foray into the club slash select atmosphere. What are the main things to look for? What to avoid, etc. When deciding on which club to try out for, and why can't they all just hold tryouts? Uh, on separate nights we are on the south shore his preference is um a couple programs on the south shore um but he came to the choice himself to leave town after the season is over he doesn't feel overly challenged wants to wants some structure and clear expectations doesn't feel that the coaches can teach him much more to get to the next level what uh we have been seeking out any and all drop-in skills that we can reasonably get to. Uh, and that's from Joe Malone. You know, um, I think it's good. I, I think that's a good time to kind of realize that, you know, there is a little bit more out there competition wise, you know, playing with, um, you know, like-minded players, like who are, are pretty motivated and committed to, to the game at that age. Um, you know, and then the product of, you know, moving the pocket and expecting it back and getting it back and, you know, maybe an uptick in some coaching. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't, as far as like what to look for, you know, we talk about the coach, coaching is, is first and foremost, in my opinion. Uh, the strength of schedule, I think, is important as well. Um, you know, if you play in like a, a league that you're not getting challenged as much, that could be a negative. Um um, you know, and then travel, you know, so, I mean, we're lucky here because there's a lot of rinks in the area and there's some options, um, pretty local. So those are the things that I would look for. Uh, but overall, I just think that, you know, I think this is the time that it is a good time to look and, you know, see where it's always good to go and, and see where you, you know, kind of, um, you know, like a barometer on where you stand amongst your peers, you know, you might, think that you know your kids you know head and shoulders above some of the uh the town team uh, uh players but yet when you get into like the club it, it might be right in the middle of the pack so it's it's always good to you know have your options but yeah they I, for some reason strategically they they do uh have a lot of the same nights of 
of tryouts, which is a little disappointing because you can't really bounce around and see uh, what would be the best fit. No, definitely. That's uh, that's frustrating. And I think you nailed it with all the points. The only thing I'd add is, you know, just be kind of um, be aware of whatever tryout you're going to, like what their rosters look like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams that have probably been together for a while and they're not looking to make many changes and things like that and, and kind of the fear of the unknown. So it's like you're going to that coach is probably going to stay loyal to some of his guys. So if you know you're going to a spot with good coaching and they have some openings on their roster, then obviously it's a it's going to be an easy, um, easier transition than, you know, going to a place where you show up to a tryout and you might, you know, be as as good or maybe even a little better than somebody. But the coach is probably not going to, um, you know, do you any favors just because it's he, he knows his roster and he knows some of the kids and things like that, even though the you know, the best players, um, you know, each coach wants the best players on on the ice. But sometimes it, it, it becomes a numbers game and you've been, you know, coaches are pretty for the most part, pretty loyal people where they've been together for, um, you know, they've had some kids for, especially the 2011 birth year, right? I coach, like I've had some of my families for five or six years now. Like, so you, you feel that certain sense of loyalty to, uh, to those people, which I think goes a long way in the, in the long run from a coach's perspective. So knowing those rosters is, uh, is, is, is very important. And obviously, finding um the best coach that you possibly can because i think no matter what program you go to you can find yourself in a in a situation where maybe the coaching uh isn't that great and you're like you, you look back and be like jesus that i guess the grass really wasn't greener yeah yeah those are some really good points um yeah you, you don't always want to rush but i th- i do think this is the time where you do you it's know, definitely th- a great time to do it 100%. yeah but like you, you make a good point of you know some of the kids that you know you've been with for a long time, but um, you know some if if the player is good enough, um, you know a team's gonna gonna take them. In right. my opinion, too. So, yep. On that, no, on that you're side right. Of it. Make um, the uh, make the coach's job difficult. <clears throat> yeah, or easy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, our Bantam Spring program decided to field two teams, but only had one goalie sign up. They neglected to tell the parents that this was the case. The original email sent out stated that they were going to cap signups at 15 kids and would put the rest on a waiting list in case there were enough for a second team. Well, they had enough for a second team, but do not have a goalie. My kid signed up early enough to be on the original team, but ended up being selected on the team with no goalie. Parents were told that they were going to share the other goalie, call up a peewee goalie, or use a fall goalie who was playing other sports and would come if he could make it. However, all those options were never discussed with the goalies, causing a lot of confusion. What is the play here? We have two weeks until our first game. If we do not find a solution, are we entitled to be on the team with the actual goalie since we signed up for that team and they cut the ones that signed up late, or do we demand our money back? Thanks, and that's from Mike. That's a tough one. I feel like we've had something similar to this before. Do you? Yeah, it's just a... I mean, it's a tough situation. Maybe, maybe it was something similar, but I mean, unfortunately we're talking about spring hockey and, and, and that's kind of what happens with a lot of those teams, right? You think there's going to be enough for two teams, then you don't get enough. There's not enough goalies. So it becomes a mess. Um, I wouldn't say that like no program is going to like guarantee that, Oh, you signed up first. So, you know, cut everybody else. Like they're going to, they're in it for the money, so they're just not going to do it, whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But if it's a if it's a mess, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I would say like, you know, hey, give me my money back, and it, it's spring hockey. Like, give me back whatever I paid, and I'm out of here. Like, uh, I'm just gonna focus on doing some skills. Yeah, I. It, it's like good and bad, you know, that there was enough participation to field two teams, but you need a goalie, right? So, um, and to manage that, and it puts a lot of stress on the, the one goalie if they're going to try and bounce them back and forth. And what if he's like on a baseball or, or lacrosse team and he can't make it? Yeah. So, yeah, kind of a tough spot, but um, yeah, if you're not completely satisfied with, or if they don't find a, a goaltender to sign up, then I mean, I I don't think it'd be worthwhile to bang your head against the wall about this and you know try to get your money back and um, put it towards you know developing um, you know a skill set you know in certain camps you know or a camp or some individual lessons or you know TSR hockey rollerblades training. <laughs> Training, training tools, cool. maybe a new Spox machine. Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of stuff you could kind of uh, reinvest. Yeah, put that money to to use. But um, yeah, kind of a sticky situation. You know, again, you don't want to, you know, be like the the bad guy here. You know, at times because you know this is just a situation that happened. You know, like they they said they had, you know, they were just kind of probably playing it by ear, right? Um, and a lot of kids signed up and not, not the, uh, the correct position. Uh, so anyway, I would say, uh, you know, get your money back or hopefully they find another goal. Well, retreat, goal re- recruit some, some tenders and tell them they can play for free. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Fun comment to read here. Hey guys, not sure about the best rink stake, but I will tell you the Eagles nest in Windsor, Northern Colorado, NCYH junior Eagles has the best breakfast burritos. Wow. That oh, sounds amazing. I know. And what we've, uh, and that we've come across five bucks and you get all your food groups covered, <laughs> made fresh, not one of those shrink wrapped grocery store abominations. Uh, got pretty high standards for breakfast burritos in Colorado. Got to have uh, some hatch. Got to have some hatch or Pablo chili peppers in there, or we won't give it a second look. <laughs> Hopefully, y'all will make it out this way uh, one of these days. Cheers. That's uh, that's hilarious. I-, I can't say I've ever had a breakfast burrito at a rink. No, I think that's a great call. It um, sounds like we need to make a trip to Windsor, North Colorado, uh, North Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, you know I could kind of pull my my daughters who work in the snack bar, mm-hmm. uh, making abominations. Yeah, pretty much, you know. But <laughs> you know, m- maybe they can put a, a little flair to the uh, the menu. You know, the, yeah. the breakfast burrito would I bet it would be a, a big seller as long as it's done right. So yeah, I like maybe the, some uh, Pablo chili chili peppers. Yeah, I, I love the comment. You know, sending it in just. Not sure about the best ranked steak, but you know the breakfast burrito. And it, it got my brain going here. So I know maybe I can suggest that to the girls to uh, you know in the next management meeting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. I, I mean, I know after eating one of those, I could definitely clear out a D zone with uh, <laughs> with, with my bodily fluids. So yeah, net, net uh, front presence. Yeah, yeah, it'd be uh, smoke screen. Be, yeah. <laughs> 
All right, I'll read the next question. Thanks for uh, sharing about the breakfast burritos in Colorado, and hopefully we can get out there sometime. Awesome. Um, all right, guys, love the pod. Thanks for what you're doing. Here's my question. It seems a lot of kids play on multiple teams these days. Here in Massachusetts, there are kids who play for an EHF team, um, which is a, an Eastern-based New England league, an E9 team, which is another New England club team, a town team, and a middle school team. As a result, it's common for kids to play four to six-plus games per weekend all season and end up with 80-plus games for the season. On the other, on, on uh, one hand, game play and ice time on ice can help improve hockey IQ. So more games played means more time on the ice in competitive situations, which might mean accelerated hockey IQ. On the other hand, though, more game plays – uh, played means more wear and tear, more fatigue, and a higher risk of injury, not to mention more time in the car and less time for kids to relax. Playing for multiple teams might also be confusing for the young kid about his or her allegiance to a team and teammates, which should be part of the uh, player maturity process. What are your thoughts on playing for multiple teams and playing a lot of games? Why would a player need multiple teams? When, if ever, are multiple teams appropriate or advisable? And what age group? Thanks. And that's from a mass hockey dad. Uh, I think that's like probably the extreme to. That's to, the extremest I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, you know, in-game play can develop some some reps in situational play and hockey IQ. I, playing that many games, I think you get into bad habits, though, too. Hundred um, percent. You know, like good practice time is interesting because you know, like the European model uh, was all practice and just like one game, maybe two a week. And you know, the USA model wanted to try to emulate that enough and try, but it's gone so far the other way with all the games. So you know, they're trying to pull it back a little bit, but. I you know playing on all these teams doesn't make sense to me because you're not working, you know, on specific skills that then you can use in a game. You know, you can you can try and you know one and dones in in a game, and you know it could come back with no consequences. But and in certain uh, teams, but working on certain things in practice, understanding, you know, like the work to rest ratio as the kids start getting older. And then, you know, competitive games get going, you know, you're going to be a better player physically, in my opinion, you know, if you have more practice time. So I think this is a, a really, you know, slanted towards the aggressive side of playing on that many teams. I don't mind, you know, kids playing with their friends if, you know, on a town team, if they're also playing on a travel team. Um, but at what age does that end? Um, I don't know. I would say Bantam. Yeah. You know, Pee Wee Bantam. Like my daughter, for example, you know, she was a Pee Wee. She played on both. Um, you know, they're gonna start checking next year, so she won't be playing with those with those boys anymore. But um, but she did, you know, she 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 could balance both. And, you know, if there was any conflicts, you know, she went with the uh, the travel team, but back in the day, I played for the town team with my buddies, and then that Metro League. And if there was a conflict, I would go to the town game back in the day. 
It's like that was like where my allegiance was. So again, part of that now allegiance be crucified. I know, right? It's kind of interesting. Um, no, if it, that wouldn't fly if you were playing for me, buddy. No, I don't no. care how good you are and what kind of rollerblades you were rocking in the off season. <laughs> uh, my strawberry short shortcake uh, roller skates, my sisters back before rollerblades <laughs> back came out. In that's the, what I, that's what they I snapped on your sneakers. They did pretty much. Oh my god! I um, think that I mean just to yeah. comment on it quickly. Like if if you're getting away with playing in the E9 and the EHF, um, you're slipping through the the cracks in yeah, terms of like yeah. league rules and things like that because that's a huge. I know that the you know being involved in the EHF for a number of years, that's uh, completely illegal. If anything, we've had in the past kids that that were alternates and could maybe play up to. Um, you know, right around that 15 game mark and couldn't play in playoffs and things like that. But trying to balance two teams in two highly competitive leagues where you're playing, you know, 40 plus regular season games is completely insane. Um, to, you know, to your point, Mots, like, you know, this year, even, you know, my, my, my 13 year old, like he played on a middle school team for school. So, you know, I guess he did have two teams technically during the winter, but it was a little, you know, less, um, it, it wasn't, as intense i would say as the you know playing on two select type teams you know what i mean so you can get away with playing on you know that that higher level elite type team and then you know like you said maybe a town team or a middle school team for your school with your buddies things like that like i get all that and i don't have a problem with it but trying to play and balance two high level teams is uh completely insane yeah no, I don't like, know. how are you going to get to practices? Just like what you just said, too. I think the injury factor, the, the injury factor is, is huge, and parents don't recognize it. Like, you're going to get burnt out. There's definitely no allegiance to teams. If you're bouncing around, you get multiple helmets in the bag. You, you know, one practice, you, you got a Terrier's uh, helmet on. The next practice, you got some, you know, a team in the E9's uh, helmet on. Like, I, I think it's – completely crazy like i've had kids in the past do the alternate thing where they you know might practice with us once a week and then also and play most of their games on that other team and then if we needed a player they'd kind of fill in for a handful of games things like that but trying to balance two and three teams where like you said i mean you're playing a minimum of 80 games if you're trying to do something like that that, like that's at a minimum so you want to talk about bad habits injuries um, you know, when all the checking and things like that starts up, it, it's just a, it's a bad, bad situation. Like nobody should be playing that much. Focus on your practices, play on your, 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 your dominant team. If you want to play on a secondary team, which may be for your town, um, or maybe for your school, whatever it is. So you're playing with your buddies. I get that to an extent, but it, even that is a lot. Yeah. Agreed. This mailbag, oh, we talked about Spocks a little bit earlier. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, but we'll um, bring it up again. Home. Yeah, at home or on the road skate shopping machine. Head on over to SparksHockey.com and use BYMOTS for $50 off the Sparks Shopping. Sparks is the at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. At Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to SparksHockey.com and order your machine today. Yeah, I mean, we already touched on it, but it's money. 
I was buzzing out there Monday night. We're on the ice again Thursday. Um, you know, luckily I, I I should need to buzz the wheels again, but if I need to, uh, you know, it's readily available here down the basement, and and I can do so. But make sure you take advantage of that by Mott's fifty dollars off um, promo code. Obviously, save you some dough, and make sure you uh, you know reinvest it in some wheels and things like that, so that you're uh, good to go all summer long and and ready for next winter's hockey season. That's uh, again, like I can't speak uh, highly enough about it. The kids, uh, dude, there's no way you would have been able to score in that Bruins. Actually, what was the total stat line? Uh, I mean, I don't want to really, you know, you had the talk. wife and kids there, so I you, know you but, were showing off a little bit, even though you're yeah, playing a D league team. I mean, was I upset that I didn't get the number one star? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then Elizabeth Jagier like goes out and scores a bunch of goals, and you know she was a guest of the team, and but you know, I mean whatever, one in five doesn't get yet. You know, it's like it was it was a nice gift card. I don't know that's a killer. Yeah, but good you know, but who, good but, day. But that's counting? a solid day though. But who's counting? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's great. All right. Hi, I had a question and was looking for some direction on your opinion on something that happened to my son recently. He's a 2010 and played on a double A peewee team last season. He recently tried out and didn't make 2010 team for the next season. No one from the organization told us slash him that he, uh, that he didn't make the team for and or, or any reasons why he found out from process of elimination as all of his friends on the team received invites, but him, but not him. Uh, he cried all weekend first because he wasn't going to be playing hockey next season with his friends. And now he didn't know why or what team he was going to be on. He's left guessing. I sent a very polite email to one of the uh, managers slash coaches whose family owns the rinks, asking for some feedback, letting him know my son's upset. It's been almost a week, and he never responded. Is this common? So angry about how this was handled and don't understand why some uncommon decency uh, wasn't – why some common decency wasn't displayed. Appreciate your thoughts on this and love the show. Keep up the great work. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he was on the team, gets cut. Um, you know, when you – usually do not reach out to players that don't make the team, but I, I think this is a unique situation where he was on the team the year before. Um, so I think that a conversation should have been had. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, an email that was sent to, you know, clarify or get some, some closure or some reasoning, or some feedback that I, I think that needs to be responded to uh from the coach slash manager um you know it's just disappointing that your son didn't make that team but you know i think there should have been better communication from the organization or the coach in particular especially having that experience of being on the team and then not being on the team and getting cut um usually that you know you can speak to it too by about maybe having a conversation prior to tryouts if you know he's on the bubble or not in the mix uh, yeah, I think it's a yeah, that's it. It's a huge coaching flaw. Um, you know, from my perspective, right? If that's gonna happen, uh, or if the kid's on the bubble, some 
one of the coaches, whether it's the head coach or, or one of the assistants, should at the very least be reaching out to this family and just let them know, hey, we're not really sure where little Johnny's going to be fitting in for next season. Uh, you might want to weigh your other options and, and and see what else is out there just to give him a heads up. If he's been with the team for, you know, the past year and, and, and you know, probably a couple of years prior, um, you know, it's a, it's a real – it's a real crappy way to uh, to handle things and then not get any type of reply out of the organization that it, it sucks, but you got to, um, you know, move on and, and, you know, take away the, the, the valuable lessons that you learned here, that there's not a ton of loyalty out there and, and, you know, you've got to do what's best for your kid at, at that point. So um, it, it's just the coaches, somebody should have given them a heads up and then somebody should have right away, uh, when they saw, you know, after one, you know, night one, night two of tryouts that, you know, things might not be working out for, for, for his son, that somebody should have reached out immediately. I agree. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying it like whether it's the organization, a head coach, assistant coach, somebody, you know what I mean? It's not always going to be the head coach. I mean, all the coaches are typically going to be talking and, and different people are going to have different conversations with, 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 um, you know, with fail family. So, but it's got to come from somebody like you can't be just left out um, in the cold like that. Yeah. It's just disrespectful. I mean, on a couple different levels of just being a, a good person, you know, it's tough to have some difficult conversations at times, but you know, in this kind of competitive, you know, environment, you have to have some, you know, very difficult conversations with people that you, you know, have been around for six, seven months. You know, right. if that's right. the case. So, yeah, definitely the fault falls on the coach on, on this on this uh, situation. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Uh, Mots. Now it's time for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Obviously, our guys at MyHockeyRankings.com, uh, they do a great job with with everything. And the website is always up to date and see where your team stacks up, uh, you know, during the season, after the season, see how things finished out, especially with the national championship, um, you know, all those tournaments taking place and, and, and all that. So uh, we appreciate the guys over at uh, my hockey rankings. That's for sure. Uh, Mots, this one's more for you, right? Uh, how would you prepare for overtime in the playoffs as a player with no TV timeouts? You know, it's interesting because, those TV timeouts really do play a factor and, you know, getting some rest from top for top guys, you know, mm -hmm. you, you know, they're set at certain times and in, as a coach, you can also play to that as well. You know, you're not necessarily going to get a whistle right around there, but you can play that knowing that you're going to have a, a minute 30 rest. Uh, so, you know, that a lot of times um, guys that, you know, play quite a bit, you know, offensive zone face-offs, de defensive zone face-offs, um, you know, matchups. It, it definitely plays a factor. But as a player, um, you know, you just you just get out there and, and, and roll. And, and sometimes it's better because the TV timeouts can stop momentum. Um, uh, so as far as a player, I you know, we, we were in quite a few overtimes and uh in the playoffs and you know you don't really think about it to be honest with you but just answering this question it is uh you know more of a, a coaching kind of game within the game situation that 
they would have to make some adjustments or or, or be you know quicker with their decisions versus uh, playing for those TV timeouts. But that's a good question, you know, because yeah. it, it de- definitely does play a role in the management of the bench. Right. I was going to say, and obviously you have, you know, way more experience than me, but just thinking of it as the question was, you know, I was reading it, but it's like as a player, especially a top player that's going, you know, you say you're, in the uh, playoffs and in, in overtime, it's probably, you know, probably your, your top three lines are going at all times and top four defensemen. Like, I, I bet they love it because it's just the flow oh, of the game and it's just yeah. kind of rolling and go, 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 go. I think it would be more on the coaches and matchups and making sure that, you know, you're peeking over at the other bench and you know who's going out for them and you have the matchups that you desire out there as, as best as you possibly can. You don't want to be, you know, in a situation where you get, caught with you know maybe a weaker line out there against whatever mcdavid or mckinnon or, or one of those type of guys right so it's i think if anything the the, the coaching kind of has to ramp up a little bit and the bench management and the uh you know for the players you know if you're a fourth liner and you're not getting any ice time whatever you're just sitting there and you're just cheering on but if you're like one of those top guys like i was watching that toronto game the other night and it was you know or every other Every other shift, you had their, 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 you know, top guys just going, going, going as they're getting, you know, they're down the stretch, they're down by a couple goals, they need a goal, and um, you know, you saw the the, the Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Riley on the back, and those guys just Giordani, like just go, go, go. So uh, I'm sure those guys, especially the high end guys, are like as happy as a pig, and you know what? Yeah, and the other thing is, that, like, as my position within the top six, you know, kept sliding. Closer to six, maybe seven. <laughs> um, it was it was good because you did, you know, you you get kind of uh, you know screwed out of some shifts because of the TV time where the top guys get to they're to jumping rest. back out, right? yeah, right. So like if it does have a flow to it and the, the play continues, you know, they're not going to run them, you know. Uh, that much sometimes they you know they'll, they'll spot you in there or whatever so that fourth line or that five six or that six definitely uh gets a little run which uh is also pretty good so right no um, it's a good uh yeah, good great question good my hockey rankings question of the week how about this one we can we can add on to it uh should the nhl consider shortening the playoffs would the players ever want that i'm gonna say no um especially from a revenue perspective right yeah well, the owners, you know, they don't, you know, the payroll, everyone's off the payroll, uh, so the players don't get paid during the playoffs. So those those gates are free money, not free money, but that's that they're taking in all the, the revenue from from the home playoff games, and they want it to extend as long as possible. But I think it's awesome that NHL Stanley Cup is the toughest trophy to win, and you're getting – it's a war of attrition at the end. Guys are playing completely banged up because that level of competition, that level of compete, sacrifice, execution, um, you know, just ramps up in the playoffs. And it, it is amazing how, you know, I lived it. It's like, wow, like, you know, I, I thought I was playing at a high level, but then all of a sudden you're getting hit every shift. Every time you touch the puck, you're getting everyone's extra efforts, second, third efforts. And um, I just think that's what, what makes – the NHL unique uh, about, you know, you have to win 16 games, four rounds. I think it's amazing. So I, I would say, no, the players wouldn't want it, and the owners definitely wouldn't want it either. 
No, the player has spoken, the guy that actually played in it. So I, I, I mean, just from a, a fan's perspective, I think it's like you said, it's uh, we're in a pretty good spot with the NHL. It's amazing. Uh, the hockey's amazing. Obviously, you know, I'm sure at some point in time when the when the players are playing with a, a cracked rib and a separated shoulder and their knees are killing them and, you know, their bodies are beat up, they're like, oh, man, that was a grind. But I think if you do reach that pinnacle, uh, you don't you look feel back it. on it and you say, you know, that was the best thing that ever happened. I wish, you know, I, I'm, I would never trade anything. Right. So, right. um, no, it was good. The good, good questions for the, uh, my hockey rankings questions of the week. Um, obviously Mots, we have camp coming up starting this Thursday down at the Tony Kent arena. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we got a, a group going, there's going to be some walk-on spots, Uh, that are available we posting that stuff on our social media so make sure you're following us there on instagram at the rink shrinks and twitter um at rink shrinks so we uh you know we appreciate everybody reaching out on social media and keeping these questions coming we wouldn't be uh we wouldn't be here without these mailbag episodes and all of our sponsors so thanks to uh sparks and franklin and tsr uh and my hockey rankings obviously those guys for uh for their support over the years it's been uh a great fun ride and we love, uh, we love doing it. So, um, and thanks to everybody for listening. So make sure you, uh, keep, keep listening, keep subscribing, following and liking all that good stuff. Right. That's right. Yeah. Talking to a bunch of people and always appreciate them tuning in and, you know, kind of, you know, chiming in on, you know, some of our topics, you know, guests and mailbags. So, um, you know, keep tuning in and, we uh, really appreciate it. Like you said, we wouldn't be here uh, without the people that tune in and, and engage um, in our show. So really appreciate it. All right, Jersey, time to cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle. Shuffle.